started a new song a couple of weeks ago called There's Nothing That Our God Can't Do, and I'd just like to introduce that again this week. Y'all just sing this chorus with me real quick. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain that He can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Just one word. Just one word. You calm the storm that surrounds me. Just one word. The darkness has to retreat. Just one touch. I feel the presence of hand. Just one touch, my 
is not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that a God can't do. Just one word, you heal what's broken inside me. Just one word, and you revive every dream. Just one touch, I feel the power of heaven. Just one sing when the world is upside down I will sing though the troubles overwhelm I will sing when the reason can't be found and I will sing though my heart is on the ground and all through the chaos
God above all things, that's who you are. You are the truth that is standing when the world is changed.
So I want to do something different this morning. I want to ask you to all stand again. I know we've been standing for worship, but let's stand in honor of God's word um, and let's read together Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, and I'll read through 17. So if you're ready, let's read God's word together. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of, the sins, uh, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now it is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Let me just add black or white or Spanish or brown, I mean, or red or orange or green or yellow. It doesn't matter. Listen to what he says. Christ is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be a holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another or anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 
And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. You may be seated. So at home, I have this picture window that faces the west. It's a big picture window. And I love just sitting in front of that. And it sits kind of low. And so I've got this cool glider rocker, swivel rocker that I sit in. And I'll bring my coffee to the living room. And I will sit in that swivel rocker. And I'll spin around and face the big picture window. And it's one of those windows that's low to the ground, too. So it's really cool. I can just sit in the chair. And I could prop my feet up on the window sill and watch the world go by. I love that one. I've seen a lot of beautiful sunsets through there, some cool wildlife out there on the edge of town. Uh, but yesterday evening, as I was getting ready to go to bed, and I'm praying, and I'm like, God, what do you want to share with your church? And, and I'm looking out at the clouds, and I'm praying for the rain. Thank you, God, for the rain. Amen. And I'm looking up at the clouds, and every time I see the clouds, and they're, those are pretty roll, uh, you know, rolling clouds, I'm reminded of the passage This is, as as lightning is from the east to the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. And it says, like, look up for your redemption is near. I look up and I I just look for Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you, sometimes I'm going, "Um, Jesus, where are you at? I'm looking for you. Today would be a good day. Where are you at, Jesus? Today would be a great day for you to return for your people. You ever think that way? As I considered, um, yesterday was Independence Day. Our nation celebrated 244 years. Anything about the founding fathers and how they risked their lives, their fortunes, their freedoms to give us what we take for granted today in the USA? And I love the USA. I'm a patriot. I want you to know that I love my country and I I love patriotism. And I would love nothing more than to see our country um, healed and doing better. Amen? Because right now it's it's in a pretty sad spot. In fact, I'm worried that we won't make it to 250 years, just being honest with you. And we're only a generation away from it all going just crazy. But even with all the crazy, even with all the dysfunction, it's still one of the greatest nations on the globe to be a part of. I don't say that arrogantly, but God has blessed us as a nation. Would you agree with that? But you consider all the stuff that's going on in the world, and I would love if I could just wave a magic wand and fix it all tomorrow. Wouldn't that be cool? Here's the problem with that. It'll never be fixed. You know why it'll never be fixed? Because fixed to me may not be fixed to you. If I, I can fix all the things that I think need to be repaired, you may look at it and go, oh, no, no, you got it all wrong, and we need to fix it again. And that's the problem. There's so much division in our world today. Amen. So much division. There's so many sides to choose. And, and with that, there's just this tearing apart of a nation. And it just blows my mind that the people at the beginning, 244 years ago, were so united in that purpose that they stood and they fought the greatest superpower on the globe to gain their freedom and their independence. And I'm like, if that happened today, whoo, we'd be in big trouble because we don't have that unity anymore. And a house divided against itself will not stand. And so I look at our country and I think, you know, it's so, I, I love it. And, I, and, and as I, I said, I'm a patriot and I would love nothing more than to see this country healed and, and, a, and a better place. But I have to always remind myself to look up as a follower of Jesus Christ because I realize this world is not my home. In fact, when this life for me is over, I don't leave home, I go home. See, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And I'm thankful for that. I'm a citizen of the United States of America, and I am grateful for that, that I was born and raised and probably die as a United States citizen. I love the fact that I live in a free country, and it's great. It may not be perfect, but it's a great country, and I'm grateful for that. But here's a problem with this country that we live in today. Three things. Number one is it's so unstable, isn't it? 
It's unstable because we can't guarantee that what we work for, what we hope for, and all that just in the flesh here is going to sustain itself or, or, or stay and remain because everything is so just fragile. The stock market could crash tomorrow and all the money we try to stockpile is gone, right? A big storm, and we've seen storms come through that could wipe it all out. If you're living for property and, and material things, it could be wiped out in an instant. Terrorism, we've seen that come across our shores, and, and we just know how vulnerable we are to attacks. And I've always thought about, in the end, you'll, see, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. And in my naive mind, I've never considered civil war as a part of the wars and rumors of wars. I always thought it would be a foreign attack coming across, like, you know, Pearl Harbor and all that. That's the way my mind thought. But now I see this other war that's creeping in, this potential civil war within our own country, and it breaks my heart. So it's unstable. And so if you're working for those things, let me just tell you right now, there's no hope, there's no security in that. That's one thing that's wrong with it. Another thing that's wrong with it is it's temporary. Say temporary. See, there's some people that put their whole lives focused on the here and the now, and the reality is, is we're not guaranteed another breath, another day. It's temporary. One day it's going to come to an end. No matter how perfect it could possibly be, it's going to come to an end. Do we ever consider that? I mean, I love my life, my family, and, and what we get to enjoy in this, this great country, but I know that it's only temporary, and one day it's all going to come to an end. So that's something that's, that's wrong with this country. It's temporary. And lastly, I would say what's wrong with the country, even people who have the right heart and they mean well, it is governed by fallible people. It's governed by people that just make mistakes, right? And maybe they mean well. Maybe they got the best interest in mind for one group or another group, but it is just governed by imperfect people. And so you mix all that together with division and with all the chaos that's going on in the world, and my heart grieves for the good old USA, but I don't get discouraged because my hope is not built on this here now because I know it's only temporary. My hope is in God and in God alone, and my hope is in eternity And so I want to share with you for just a few moments about living in light of eternity. Living in light of eternity, with eternity in mind, thinking about when you look out your window and you look up to the skies and you you hear the promises of the return of Christ. How many of you believe Jesus is returning? I think I read a poll that was like 10 years ago, and in the Christian church, there's a lot of people that don't believe he's coming back in the next 40 years. And I'm like, Lord, I hope they're wrong. It's getting crazy down here, Jesus, right? For your Star Trek fans, beam me up, Jesus. I can't handle any more of this crazy. I'm ready. And the reality is, is he is going to return. That's one thing that the Christian church agrees on is the return of Jesus Christ. We have all these different divisions on when he's coming back. And I would say we never date it because we're always going to be wrong. No man knows the day or the hour, but we know that he's going to return. Are we living our lives in light of that fact that Jesus one day will return? Paul says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. Fix your eyes where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth, not the temporary things, but the eternal things. He says, why? For you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. Jesus is coming back. When he's revealed to the whole world, he says, you will share in all of his glory. You know, in the book of Acts, um, Acts chapter 111, Jesus um, has, has died on the cross. He was buried. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Hallelujah. He lives. And the book of Acts begins with him there and then In front of them, in their view, Jesus just ascends into heaven. I don't know what it would have been like to be there, but I think it would be pretty cool to see this resurrected Jesus just slowly going up into the clouds, into the heavens. And everybody just standing around like, wow. Or 
Jesus, where are you going? Or why do you have to leave us? And we're, we're looking up in an amazement that Jesus ascends to heaven. And finally an angel has to step up because he does there. And he says, hey, men of Galilee, why are you standing around gazing up into the heavens? Because this Jesus, whom you saw going to heaven, he's going to return the same way. We've been living with that promise since then that Jesus one day will come again in the clouds. Hence the looking up for your redemption is near. If you go to the very last book of Revelation, the very last chapter, three times Jesus says, I'm coming soon. I am coming soon. I am coming soon. I think that's significant. Three times that Jesus says, I am coming soon. And so when it comes to living with this dual citizenship, a citizen of the, uh, of the United States of America and a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, one of them is temporary. It's ran or governed by fallible people. And it's so fragile, and yet there's this kingdom that's unshakable. Thank God for that. That no matter what goes on here, we have a kingdom that is unshakable. It can't be destroyed. It can't be moved. It is secure in heaven for you. Do you does that get you a little bit encouraged today? Then my hope and my faith is in a, in a kingdom that is out of this world, and it's unshakable. It's also not temporary. And this is key, right? Because if God allows me to live 100 years on this life, can I just tell you, one time a while back I had a rope that went from here all the way out into the foyer. And at the end of that rope on my end, I I put a little bitty piece of tape and I said, this is your life basically on this earth today is representative of this little piece of tape at the end of the rope. And the rest of the rope is eternity. And really it's not a good illustration because the rope should keep on going and keep on going, you know what I mean? Just long Long ways, but the reality is the life that we live here is temporary, it's fragile, it is governed by fallible people, and we're not to look to these things or to fix our gaze on the things of this earth. I think too many Christians today are getting caught up in the things of this world. We hope in it, we we look for that security, we look for the peace from things and stuff. And Paul reminds us we need to set our sights or fix our eyes on the realities of, of heaven. This place that's unshakable, uh, this place that's eternal, and best part of all, it is governed by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, whose justice is perfect, and he is infallible, incapable of making mistakes. I'm glad that I'm a citizen of that kingdom. Amen? So now as a follower of Christ today, I'm living in light of that truth, and and I'm already a part of the, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a present reality in my heart, but it's also a future reality. One day Jesus is going to sit on a literal throne. What a day that's going to be. And so while I'm living here in the midst of all this junk and this uncertainty, my hope is not in the life here and now. It's in eternity. It's setting my sights, fixing my eyes on the realities of heaven. Are you following me this morning so far? Are you hearing my heart? And so with just that in mind as we consider how fragile this life is today and this eternity that we rarely focus on because we're so distracted and we fix our eyes on so many. I'm guilty. We fix our eyes on the temporary stuff all the time. In fact, this past week, I deleted Facebook from my phone. You're like, Shane, you're just talking about Facebook. Yes, but for me, it was a heavy distraction. Heavy. I didn't get rid of it altogether because it's a powerful tool. You can use that. But I looked at my phone and I saw the amount of time, uh, you know, that little, I hate that thing on your iPhone that tells you your time on your phone, what you've been doing. And I saw social media and I was ashamed that the amount of time was spent on my phone, on social media. It was a half day's labor, four plus hours. I get distracted. I get passionate when I see things going on in this, in this world that we live in, and I get angry, and I want to pick up my, my arms and go join the fight, or I want to get on the, the mountaintops and, and, and just voice my opinion. I get passionate. I get so focused there, and I have to be careful. And I believe all of us as followers of Christ need to also be careful that we don't get so caught up in it that we're distracted from the realities of heaven. They were distracted from fixing our eyes on that which is eternal, that which is perfect, to, to a kingdom that is governed by perfection. God who's worthy of eternal praise, amen? 
And so as we fix our eyes, as we live in light of eternity, I want to share with you four things uh, that, that I just jotted down uh, this morning. And we'll look at some more passages here in Colossians. So you've heard me say it, but I'm not going to go without saying it again because it is so important. And as you consider, this life is a vapor. It's temporary. It's not guaranteed. The most important thing we can do is know God. It's to know him through the gospel of Jesus Christ. He revealed himself to us through the scriptures and he has made us or himself known to us. It's not like hide and seek where good luck if you can find him. He's revealed to us who he is and he wants us to know him. The most important decision that you and I can make is not where will we live, what vocation we will have, what degree we will get, and what, who we'll marry, where we're going to live for the rest of it, where we're going to retire, how much money's in the retirement account. All those things are temporary. All of those things, no matter how good they could possibly be, are just simply temporary. The most important thing we do is make sure that we're in a right relationship with God the Father through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know as a church we hear that's like preaching to the choir, but if you're here today and you've not placed your faith in Jesus, please hear me screaming. This is the most important, important decision that you and I can make in this life in light of eternity. Because one day when it all comes to an end, we'll all stand before him you read Matthew 24 and you look at the separation of the, the sheep and the goats, it's not going to be separated by different ethnicities and stuff like that. It's going to be those that are in, those that are not. Those who have placed their trust and faith in Jesus and those who have not, those who have rejected the gospel. And I just simply want you all to be on the end in a right relationship with God the Father. So please let me never be guilty of not talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is good news that even though we're sinners, God loves us enough that he made a way for us to be right. And it's not by works. It's by his grace that we're saved. So, know Christ. What good is it if we gain the whole world and yet forfeit our soul? The most important thing there is to know Christ. And I say the second thing would be to make him known. Look back at verse, or chapter 1, verse 28. Paul is talking about the faith of the, of the Colossians. And he says, so we... Tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. We tell others about Christ. We warn everyone. We're teaching them with the wisdom that God gives us because we want to present them to God perfect in their righteousness to Christ. We tell people. And as Brother Ricky preached last week, I mean, we start in our own homes. Could you imagine, you have faith, and you've heard me hit on this before too, and the tragedy of making it to the end of this life and stepping into eternity, and your own family doesn't know who God is, doesn't have a right relationship with him through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I'd say, make him known. To make sure that you, you live your life in such a way that they, your children, your grandchildren, your family, your loved ones know who God is and how to be right with him. For people say, well, Shane, I'm not a preacher, I'm not an evangelist, neither am I. But you've also heard it said that you may be the only Bible that someone reads and, and they can watch us as we live that life and we guide them towards a right relationship. I'd say make him know we tell others about Christ in view of eternity, living in light of eternity. I want as many people to know Jesus as possible. Do you? You think about the division in our country today, and it's so easy to hate. It's so easy to jump on a platform and go because you don't agree with me, um, you're you're my enemy, and that's the wrong view. We should have a burden for those that are outside of the faith, and we should be broken for them. It's like God, they they need to know you. We know him and we make him known. Another thing he covers in detail is, um, and I would say this, we grow, say grow, because sometimes I think we come into the faith and we're like, well, I punched that ticket, I'm going to go to heaven when I die, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of life to be lived before that moment. And it's a word we call sanctification. We're growing in our faith and, and God's more committed to our sanctification than even we are. 
And Paul hits on that, and so he says we need to continue to grow. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 6, it says, And now, just as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then, because of that, your faith will grow strong. We need it strong, right? It says it will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thanksgiving. Skip over to chapter 3, verse 5. We read it a while ago. It says, so put to death. This is all growing in Christ. There's some things we need to get rid of, and there's some things that we need to put on. He says, so put to death the sinful, earthly things that are lurking within you. Yes, we have sinful things that are lurking in us. He says, put that stuff to death. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Remember, you can focus on this world or the things to come. He says they're focusing on the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Um, Later in verse 8, it says, but now is the time. Say now. Especially in light of knowing that Christ should return or could return at any moment, he says, now is the time, Christians, to grow, continue growing our faith by getting rid of anger. We could spend some time there today, just being honest. I get angry as a follower of Christ Jesus, especially when I see what's going on in our country today. I get angry. He says, now's the time not to, to amp up that anger, but now there's a time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. And then he talks about things that we need to put on. He says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and, listen, become like him. Do you know that's his goal for us in our lives? is to become like our creator, to become like Jesus. Verse 12, he says, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy in view of what's going on around us today. Listen to this, Christians. There's a call for us to step up, not being governed by the things of this world, but being governed by a higher power, living according to his kingdom principles, he says, you need to clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. We need some mercy in our country today when it comes to relating to other people. Would you agree with that? Kindness, humility, gentleness. We don't have to be harsh. We may have the truth, and we're, we're told to present the truth, but we don't have to be harsh with it. Gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Doesn't mean just jumping on them as soon as you find a fault, but make allow, give them the benefit of the doubt. Make an allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. There's a whole sermon series on that right there. Amen. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. This is called the United States of America, the, the United States. And we, we could use a little harmony in our country today, right? But as Christians, this is clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace, which the world so desperately needs right now, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So I'd say as we're living in light of eternity, to know Christ, to make him known, to continue to grow in Christ. When we grow in Christ, it protects us from deception. Paul says in the last days there's going to be a lot of crazy doctrines out there. How do we know? We don't get caught up in all of that, that, that crazy doctrines that draw us away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ is to grow in our faith so that we're on a solid foundation, right? Growing in Christ protects our attitudes. It changes our attitudes towards people, our actions, our speech, and everything. It just changes the way we view life because we're not looking at this life in and of itself. We're looking at it in light of our truer purpose, eternity that's eternal, that is governed by a, an in, I mean, a perfect Righteous, holy God. And it is unshakable. It'll never, never be 
destroyed. So we're living in light of eternity that way. And I'd simply just call you to fix your eyes, as he says again in chapter 3, verse 1 through 4, since you've been raised to new life with Christ. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? Because if you placed your faith in Christ, in the gospel, it says you have been raised to new, new life. So he says, set your sights on the realities, not the fairy tales, but the, the realities of heaven. Now, I don't know exactly what all that's going to look like. You get some scholars that will debate some of that stuff, but here's what Paul said in another place. He says, I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither can enter the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. I just know it's going to be amazing. And he says, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. See, that gives us a choice, doesn't it? Every day when I wake up, I can think about the things of the earth. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't deal with responsibility. I, mean, I have to take care of business, but my hope and my whole focus and vision is not on the things of this earth. But he says, Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth, for you died this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah for that. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, when he returns, you will share in all of his glory. I'm so grateful that I have a hope that is unshakable. I'm so grateful that no matter how unstable this earth is that we live on now and our country that is so vulnerable and is seems like it's attacked all of the time i'm so grateful that even though all of that falls to pieces my hope is built on a little bit more firm of a foundation than that the song says my hope is built on nothing less than jesus blood and righteousness i dare not trust the sweetest frame, the sweetest politician, the sweetest political system, the sweetest frame. I don't trust that, but I wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Do you know Christ? Are you in a right relationship with God through the gospel of Jesus Christ? If you are, I celebrate that with you. If you're not, Shane, I need some prayer. I'd love to talk with you after the service. By all means, that invitation is always open. I would love to talk with you and pray with you. But Christian, can I challenge you to look up? Can I, can I implore you today to not get caught up in all the crazy that's on around us, to not get so patriotic that you forget that your allegiance is a little greater than just something that's temporary? And I'm not knocking that because, I'm, I'm a, I'm, like I said, I'm a patriot and I love my country, but my allegiance is greater for the kingdom of God than it is the country that I live in. And the reason is because the kingdom of God is eternal, it's unshakable, and it's governed by the author and the finisher of my faith. Amen? Look up, for your redemption is near. Look up. Don't get distracted by all the negative around you. Look up, because he's coming. He'll set all things right. Look up. There's still hope. In Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for God, I just thank you for the, the hope that we have in you. I thank you that you care enough about us to reveal to us how to be in a right relationship with you. I confess that I am guilty one of the distractions. I'm guilty of focusing my, my, my sight on the things of this world too many times. And when I do, it brings discouragement, it brings frustration, and it brings the ugly out of me. And Lord, thanks for the reminder that when I leave this world, I'm not leaving home, but I'm simply going home because I belong to you. And one day, whenever that day is that you choose, I know that I will spend eternity with you. So Father, first off, I thank you for that hope. I thank you for that promise. And I just ask that you'll help me in light of all the junk that's going on to look up and to look to the things of heaven and not to the things of this earth. The earth will never, ever fill that void. The earth will never be enough to satisfy that longing that we have 
for you. Lord, let us look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Let us look to you for hope. Let us look to you for just our response and all of the mess that we deal with every day. Let us look to you for direction and inspiration when it comes to um, leading our families and, and leading our coworkers and our friends around us and telling them about you. Give us the opportunity. Give us the courage to step out. Let us look to you for that inspiration and that direction. Let us not look to the world, but let us fix our eyes on you. Help us today, Father, living, live these lives in light of eternity. I humbly ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.